Welcome to Workplace Talks, where we aim to disrupt human resources and reimagine the way we look at the workplace amidst a workforce crisis. I'm your host, Moshira Sees. Come along with me as we reimagine and forge a new path in the workplace. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Workplace Talks. I'm your host, Moshira Sees, and today we are going to reimagine the way we work when it comes to time, flexibility, and talk about some of the predictions and trends related to workplace flexibility. Not only that, but also why organizations should adapt to the evolving needs of employees and talk about how, once again, this is actually just good business. Before we get into it, I want to talk about some language that we've kind of heard thrown around for a while. So let's talk about work-life balance and what that actually means and why it may not actually be a good thing for us. So what work-life balance actually means, it's a clear separation between your work and personal life. It means you go to work, you leave your personal at home, and when you go home, you leave all your work stuff behind. It's essentially a technique of compartmentalizing your work life and your home life and not letting each one bleed into the other. I don't know about you, but I have a really hard time kind of doing those on and off switches when it comes to work-life balance. And so there's another term it's called work-life integration. And this recognizes that your work life and your personal life are interconnected. It recognizes that it's actually super difficult to completely compartmentalize and separate the two. And it tells us to find ways to incorporate work and personal things into our life together. So work-life integration is something that works for me. And I don't know about you, but I definitely find it pretty tough to fully achieve work-life balance. With work-life integration, I feel like I have greater control over my time and place of work and also plenty of space to deal with my personal responsibilities. So as we move forward, think about striving for work-life integration instead of work-life balance. Now that we have that language, let's talk about some of the types of flexible work arrangements that we've kind of seen. So we've seen an increase in remote work and flexible hours, compressed work weeks. There's research about the four-day work week that has been extremely popular, the 980, and all of these kind of different methods that are essentially all doing the same thing, right? They're offering flexibility. But The problem with all of those concepts is they revolve around time and hours worked rather than actually measuring outcomes. What if instead of focusing on the time we spent at work and having organizations revolve around time, we were more focused on if we got the job done, if we met our expectations and what results we are achieving. And this is an awesome concept called ROW. It stands for Results Oriented Work Environment. So ROW is a management strategy, and it focuses on, once again, just measuring employee performance rather than hours worked. So it gives employees the freedom to choose when and where you work as long as you deliver the desired results. So it's really good for autonomy and flexibility, but it also does wonders for your mental health and just your ability to balance all of the responsibilities coming at you in life. With the row method, organizations would have employees that are much more focused while they were at work instead of forcing employees into 
work hours that work best for the organization and not necessarily best for the employee. As we've seen for flexibility, it really should be a one-on-one approach based on that person. And it's really tough to just, as an organization, blanket implement a 980 or a four-day work week because again all of these concepts revolve around time and what if for a change we trusted employees to do the job that they were hired to do let's talk about the data if you're not convinced so a study conducted by the university of minnesota found that employees in a row program reported a 35 percent increase in productivity compared to traditional work programs Another survey by the Families and Work Institute said that employees in row programs reported higher levels of work-life balance satisfaction, and a case study conducted by SHRM revealed that organizations implementing row experience a decrease in turnover rates. So this sounds great, and there's great data backing it up, right? So why haven't more organizations switched to the row mindset? The problem is switching mindsets entirely. The row method means moving from a time-based approach to a results-based approach. And so what that means exactly is the way that we measure and evaluate work has to change. I worked for a company that was very focused on the amount of time that was spent at work, but this was a billable hours environment. And so these types of environments are going to have to find a way to shift the way that they've traditionally done work into a more results-based approach. Another huge pro when it comes to the row method is thinking about fairness and equity in workload. And what I mean by that is something that we see happen a lot and maybe even something that you've had experience with. I know I have. It's that job where you may be better at managing your time or you're very good at specific tasks or very efficient performing tasks. And so you end up performing tasks much quicker than colleagues, much quicker than maybe other folks on your team. And you end up kind of having to do extra work. You're given extra assignments, more and more assignments kind of start piling on and you end up doing a lot more work than the folks on the rest of your team for the same amount of pay. And so what Rose does is it takes away the time factor and completely focuses on your outcomes and what you're able to achieve, no matter how little or much time that happens to take you. But in order for organizations to successfully implement ROW, they would need managers that are able to set clear expectations, provide good feedback, and be able to measure those results. Managers should be equipped with the skills to manage these flexible and remote teams, and we don't always see that. Another thing that's super important is making sure that you're training your managers on addressing bias, especially around the assumptions around commitment and productivity that can really negatively impact groups. And what I mean by that, for example, is the parent thing where there are a lot of assumptions made in the work world that parents may be less committed to their jobs, especially moms, due to the responsibilities that they have outside of work. And so making sure that we're training managers and addressing this bias prior to implementing Roe is extremely important. It's not only training managers, though. It's establishing a complete culture of workplace flexibility and fostering flexibility in all aspects of the organization, making sure that everybody values work-life integration, there is trust amongst your team, lots of open communication, and most importantly, that your leadership is doing a good job modeling this. Leadership modeling is really important. We've seen this when leaders take time off but still dip their toes into work 
and it tells your employees that they should also be paying attention to work during their time off. And so being able to truly model row and prioritizing the things that are most important in your life overall, including work, is a good place to start. Leaders and managers have the job of promoting and embracing flexibility and bringing it into the culture. So we've talked a lot about Roe, but what are other trends and evolving practices when it comes to workplace flexibility? During the pandemic, we saw a really sharp increase in the number of small businesses and entrepreneurship, meaning that a lot of folks are moving towards doing their own thing and contract work versus being employed as an employee. We're seeing an increase in gig work and freelance work and in that contract work. This is actually a different type of flexibility model called task-based work assignments, where instead of traditional job roles, some organizations are moving towards this approach where it allows employees to take on specific projects and specific tasks based on skill sets and interests. It's really important for job seekers to pay attention to this trend because it is continuing and it may be a good idea to start looking at the skills that you have and looking at how to market that in the freelance or gig work economy if that's something that you're interested in. Now, I don't have a magic eight ball and I can't predict the future, but trends and predictions are showing that flexibility beyond time and location is coming and there is an increase in contract and freelance work that is actively happening. The extent around changes around flexibility are going to vary a lot across industries and organizations, but overall, it says flexible work is here to stay. What are your thoughts on Row, the results-oriented work? environment. Follow Workplace Talks on Instagram and LinkedIn and let me know your thoughts. Thanks for joining me and I'll be back next week for another Workplace Talk.